0: to Job chapter twenty two. See if I can get there too. Just just look the title of my lesson is Thereby Good Shall Come Unto thee. Uh, is that what we all want in life? It's good to come unto us. I mean, you know, it, it is what we want. And So I want to look at the verse here where Job's speaking and tells us kind of what it takes to have that. And in verse 21 of chapter 22, Job chapter 22 in verse 21, it says, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. And he's talking about the Lord. Acquaint yourself with the Lord. And so the topic then is, you know, if we want this good that will come into our life um, that he tells us will happen. He sits there and says, Thereby good shall come unto thee. Uh, We need to figure out how do you go about acquainting yourself to God. And uh, one of the things that I think is, you know, pretty easy for us to figure out is that we need to get into God's Word if we're going to understand and acquaint ourselves to God. It's the revelation of God to us, is His Word. And over in Job chapter 23, uh, and in verse uh, 12, uh, He said, Neither have I gone back from the commandment of His lips, and I have esteemed the words of His mouth more than my necessary food. And so it showed how much respect that Job placed on God's word. Uh, that word esteem is means to means uh, to, to regard or to with respect, to prize. Um, in Romans 10, verse 17, it says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want your faith to grow in God as far as getting acquainted with him, again, it comes by the hearing of the word of God. So that's talking about preaching, it's also talking about teaching, it's also talking about self-study, but, you know, you get to thinking with that, that faith cometh by hearing. Faith's an action word. I mean, James sit there and made the comment that, you know, you say, you'll show me your faith without works, and I'll show you my faith with my works. And which one carries more weight? You know, what I say is my philosophy, but what I do is my faith. Mm -hmm. And so faith is an action word. So it means more than just hearing. And the thing that we have here, go with me, if you would, to James chapter one. And these are not these are very common verses, but we're going to make a few applications um, with them. But in James chapter one, and again, looking at verses 22 through 25 of uh, James chapter one. So wherefore, let me make sure I got my spot right. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Boy, if, if there's anybody in this world you don't want to deceive, it's yourself. And yet I think a lot of people have deceived themselves. They, they have allowed their measuring stick to measure their Christian walk to be other people that they see. Maybe even others in the church. And they use those as individuals to measure their Christianity by. But what is our true measuring stick? The Lord Jesus Christ. And if you always measure yourself up against the Lord Jesus Christ, there's going to be extreme room for growth. And since faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then that means you're never going to get enough of the word of God. You're never going to get enough time of studying it. But then also, James tells us here in his scriptures, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. and again, that kind of goes right back up to our beginning. Thereby, good shall come unto thee that Job talked about. Get acquainted with God and good shall come unto thee. And James is sitting here saying at the end of verse 25, be uh, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. So, in other words, if you're a doer of God's word, you're going to be blessed in it if you're doing his will. Um you know, look at this description, verse 25, where it says, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. What, why do we love Jesus? Because he first loved us. And if you'll spend serious time in the word of God you'll sit there and constantly be reminded of what a great sacrifice it was for Christ to come to the cross at Calvary for you. I never will forget pastor's comment Sunday when he said, we get so bothered by this person offended me or this, somebody said this, and he said, hey, they nailed Jesus to the cross. He said, get over yourself. You know, the, there's just a whole lot of things that we let hold us back. But I think what he's saying here when I look at this scripture, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, you're going to look at that and say, I was a wretched sinner. I am a wretched sinner, but Christ loved me so much. He went to the cross for me. And now I'm a child of God. I've got a home in heaven. promised me I'm just as much a citizen as a, a, of glory Today as I'll ever be, I just gotta wait my time to get there. But I've got access to the throne through prayer. I've got access to God because I got the Holy Spirit in my heart who makes intercession to God, the Son that's at the right hand of the Father, who then makes intercession to the Father for me. I mean, just think of the, all the gifts that are mine. The church is a gift to me, my brothers and sisters in Christ. I've got the Word of God. And when you, but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not of you, you won't be a forgetful hearer. The more you realize how much you're loved. Again, why do we love Jesus? Because he first loved us. And so the more we concentrate and realize what a gift we've got in salvation and what it costs the Lord to give it to us, That love is going to bring out effort. You know, love creates a desire to please its object, as our pastor has said many times. And so the Lord tells us to to go out and love one another and to, you know, do good deeds. He, He gives us lots of different commandments, but why will we be faithful to it? Because we don't ever forget how much we're loved. If we'll truly spend our time in the Word of God, and then something uh, that goes along with this, he tells us, uh, you know, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. But why does God insist that we be doers and not hearers only? Why why does He insist that we be doers and not hearers only? They see actions. Doesn't it prove basically that you believe what you've been reading? You know, and again, that you really are taking time to think about what Jesus did for you. I mean, I must admit, there's times in my life I get cold. I don't stop and every day just think of how much love did it take for Christ to go to the cross. I don't stop and realize that all the ripped up back, all the crown of thorns, all the nails, all the beatings, all the beard ripped out of his face, all the things that... My sins caused that. Yeah, but his receiving of those in my substitution is his love for me. Amen. His hate, God's hatred of sin is the marks on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the love for sinners is the marks on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the more I think about that, I just won't let little things get in my way. I won't let little things get me defeated. I won't let a brother or sister in Christ who I really don't know what they've just been going through recently. I really don't know what phone call they just got before they showed up. I really don't know how ill they are or their finances. I don't know why they weren't in the best of moods, and they said something kind of snappy or they ignored me. I'm just going to love them anyway. Because Christ died on the cross for them and Christ died for me and God loves his church. And so I'm going to love the church too. There's just so many things that will just go away if we'll just be in the word of God getting acquainted with God. But the main thing God wants us to get acquainted with is Christ's sacrifice for us. Everything we have in our relationship with God is dependent on Christ going to the cross. Would you agree with me? And everything will flow, all of our love will flow out of it. when you realize how much you're loved, it just makes things a whole lot easier to be a doer and not a hearer only. Um, But there's something, you uh, you know, it proves that we really have faith. It proves that we have a respectful fear for who we speak. You know, there's some great examples in the scriptures of people who didn't take time to think about who they were talking to. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Kings chapter 2. Let's see here, and let's go to verse thirty-six. Now, Shimei, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or not, but when he was a relation to Saul, and when Absalom was driving David out of Jerusalem, and he went through the Kidron Valley, Shimei started throwing rocks at him, and he started hurling insults at David. And saying, You're getting your just reward, you're a bloody man, and all sorts of cursing and stuff like that. And then uh, some of the soldiers said, I'm, I'm going to go up and kill him. And, and David said, No. He said, How do I know that this isn't what God wanted him to do? Later, when the battle was over and David had been victorious, Shimei came and begged for mercy. And David granted him mercy, but he also reminded Solomon, to uh be weary of the you know leery of the man, and not to forget how he would mistreated him. And so then in verse thirty six, and the king sent and called for Shemi, and he said unto him, Build thee a house in Jerusalem and dwell therein, and go not forth henceforth any whither, for it shall be on that day that thou goest out and passest over the brook Kidron, that thou shalt know for a certain that thou shalt surely die. Thy blood shall be upon thine own head. And Shimei said unto the king, The saying is good. As my lord the king hath said, so will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem you know, many days. Well, then later a couple of his servants ran off. I think it was to Jericho. We could read on through our gap. And he went down there to get them. But what did King Solomon tell him would happen to him if he got caught leaving Jerusalem? You're gonna get killed. Shemi sat there and said, "It's a good idea. You know, I'll build me a house in Jerusalem. I'm gonna stay here." But then later, those two servants. Well, you know, I gotta go get those servants. Well, we pick up the story toward the very end in verse 45. Um, no, in verse 44, it says, uh, and the king said, moreover to shemi, thou knowest all the wickedness, which thou was in thine heart in private privy to, and thou didst to David, my father, therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness upon thine own head. And then in verse 46, so the king commanded Beniah, the son of, I'm not even going to try the name. Uh, which went out and fell upon him that he died and the kingdom of the, uh, was established in the hands of Solomon. The thing is, Shemi needed to have thought seriously about who he was talking to. Here's the man who has life and death in his power over me, but some reason it didn't sink in. I mean, he, you know, here's a guy who knew he was sideways with uh, David, knew he was sideways with David's son Solomon. Solomon says, if you stay in Jerusalem, you get to live. Sounds good. It's a good idea. I'll build a house. But then just not too long later, he didn't think it was important to remember exactly who he'd made a promise to. Cost him his life. That's an earthly king. But how many times we sit here and get into the word of God... And we see something and we know it applies to us. That's the reason we need to be doers of the words and not hearers only. The Bible talks about that it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. In other words, if we know what we're supposed to be doing, James says in another place, For him who knoweth that doeth good and doeth it not, it is sin. And, and so the thing is, not doing things can be Sinful. If you know that's what God has led you to do, that's the mission statement that the Lord's laid on your heart for him to know that knoweth to doeth good and doeth it not to him it is sin. So the thing is, when we get into the Word of God and the Word of God tells us something and then we realize that we're supposed to be doers of the word and not hearers only, just like Shimi didn't pay attention to who he was talking to, when God's uh, when we're reading God's word, who's talking to us? God. And we just need to not be forgetful hearers, deceiving our own selves. You know, the thing is, God wants to bless us, and back in uh James, there in verse 25, he says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now the thing is. It says to be a doer of the word. So that means you're doing a work for God. And God said he'll bless it if you're not a forgetful hearer. Now, is there anything more satisfying than to be busy in the ministry of God's church and then to be blessed? In other words, that that ministry, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, is being blessed. And that can be even raising your family. It can just there's just so many different areas of our life We've got to have a job to feed our families, but there's just a lot of different areas of our life. And God is sitting here saying, I've got a plan for you. Job sit there and said, Acquaint yourself uh, with God, and thereby shall good come unto thee. James is sitting here saying, Don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word, and you'll uh, be blessed. And let me ask you another question. How does being a doer acquaint yourself to God? How does being a doer of the word acquaint you with God? You're showing obedience, so you show you're putting action to what you know to do, but how else does that acquaint you to God? Not just be how does it acquaint you to him? let me ask you, what does Jesus say you can do without him? Nothing. Nothing. Anybody who's ever been in ministry very long and anywhere is going to get in a rut sooner or later. Not spend as much time in the word as he should. Not spend as much time on his knees as he should. Getting to think, I can do this. I've done it a hundred times. I can do this. And the Lord's going to trip you up something terrible. You're going to lay the biggest egg, uh, whatever it is, your ministry, you're doing. But God's going to find a way to humble you. Because guess what? You can't do anything without Jesus. And if you're trying to do a work for God and you want it to be blessed, as James talked about, that your deeds will be blessed, you've got to be in communion with your Lord. You've got to be praying. You've got to be inviting God's power into whatever you're trying to do as a teacher, like I'm trying to do tonight. There is absolutely nothing I can say that can help you one little bit unless God the Holy Spirit makes it real to you and gives you an application of how to use it in your heart and in your life. And so the the thing is, being a doer of the word, we first how we acquaint ourselves with God is we esteem his word. We get in his word. And then we, as James tells us to do, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And then if we're trying to be doers of the word, we don't want to be failures at whatever we're doing. And God will sure enough show us up pretty quick. If we get to trying to do it in the flesh and that'll humble us. Back to a point where we continue to get acquainted with God. And it puts us right back where we were in James chapter 1 and verse 25. It'll put us right back to whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, that man shall be blessed in his deeds. In other words... That humility will drive us right back to where we know we should have been in the first place, and that is we can't do nothing without Christ, and we won't try for some season. And we all seem to be, unless you guys are perfect, I know Daniel thinks he is, but but the thing is, we're human, and we get busy in life, and life just gets us going in lots of different directions, and all of a sudden we'll find ourselves doing it in our own strength. And that is disrespectful to God. It's going to be ineffective. You're spinning your wheels. Life is too short for that. And so God in his wisdom and in his love is going to find a way to humble you. And make your make it just blow up in your face somehow until you come back to a realization that without Christ, you can do nothing. Amen. And then then you'll start moving ahead in the right direction again. Um. In Hebrews chapter 11, go with me there if you would. And in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6, it says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, and he that cometh to God must believe that he is, And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the thing is about getting acquainted with God, it takes some diligence on your part. You can't just show up Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night and let somebody else be the only one that is trying to feed you what you need. All that's important. But to truly get acquainted with God is going to take some diligence on your part. You're going to have to have a personal time of prayer. You're going to have to have a personal time of Bible study. You're going to have to get alone with the Lord and spend some quality time with him. And the thing is, guess what? What else do you have to offer a God that spoke and worlds came into existence? What do you have to offer him? Why did he come to the cross for us? Because he wants a relationship with us. And the only way we can develop that relationship is by diligently seeking him. And the more we diligently seek him, guess what? We're going to find out how much we're loved. And then that love is going to draw out of us a response of faith in trying to be that doer of the word Job tells us that that man that gets acquainted with God, thereby good shall come unto thee. James tells us that the works you try to do for the Lord will be blessed in your deed. That sounds pretty good to me. But we have to be diligent about it. We have to be focused about it. We have to realize it don't happen by accident. Anybody that believes a marriage just happens by accident or stays together by accident, they usually don't stay together very long. It takes some diligence. you gotta, you got to work at any relationship. A church relationship requires diligence, patience with one another. Every, we see it in every other area of our life. Why don't we necessarily see it in our spiritual growth like we ought to? So we want to be hearers of the word, but we want to be doers of the word, realizing that the more we do it, so long as we do it in relationship, as far as we're, we're following our Lord because we can't do it without him, there's also rewards for them to diligently seek him. And the thing is, just for us to just realize that I don't know any better feeling in, your, in my life, and I don't think probably in your life, than to know you're loved. I mean, is there anything that really makes you feel better than to just realize you're loved? And there's never been a greater show of love than Jesus Christ going to the cross. And that transition that can happen in our hearts by accepting it first to make sure we're saved, but then after that, never losing sight of it so that we'll be the people we need to be and have the loving patience for one another, the love to be an encourager, to love to be an instructor, uh, just all the things that we need, it'll flow out of that love. And there's also a peace that the peace that passes understanding. The same God that loved you so much that sent Jesus to the cross, he promised to never leave you or forsake you. There's, there's a, it's like a big old security blanket we can wrap ourselves up in if we'll just take advantage of it. But there's a whole bunch of us, and I know I've done it in my life, that I'll get away from the Lord a little bit, and I'll get to letting Rick be the one doing it all, and pretty soon I'm insecure, pretty soon I'm I'm fretful, Pretty soon, well, this happens, and then that could happen, and then this could happen, and then the whole world's falling apart, and nothing's actually happened yet. How many of you have ever been awake at night just looking at the ceiling, and in reality, nothing really's happened yet? Well, it comes because we're, not, we're looking at the problems and not the Savior, and our problems become bigger than our Savior, and how is that possible? was because we've got away from his word and we've lost that relationship. Not relationship, but fellowship. We're just not seeing it for like it is, the love that the Lord has for us. I want to thank you all for your attention tonight. Brother Ray, would you close us in a word of prayer? Our most kind and gracious heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you for the word. We thank you for Brother Ray for bringing you to us. Father, we pray that you'll be with those in our midst and on our prayer list, Lord, that they need to tender even touch the right mm-hmm. and the of Father, that you'll help us as we go through the remainder of this week. Guide and guard and direct our footsteps. May we always be ready to be helpful to us fellow, human being. We ask now that you go with us. Be, Be there with us. And we ask that you forgive us of our sins and our trespasses against you. All this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus, our Lord and Savior.